Yo, count down. Wow. <laughs> Be Bob's count. <laughs> hey, we're live. Welcome to the Gambling Shack. I am Bobby Beats. Uh, you can follow me on Robo Harris Jr. on Twitter. Uh, follow my man Gay Myers. G underscore M Y E R S 33. Uh, welcome to the Shack. Uh, NFL divisional playoff round. Great, super duper uh, NFL wild card. Gabe, uh, how did you feel about it? Um, you know, anytime the Cowboys win, it's proof that Satan runs the earth. But, you know, outside of that, I had a really good, uh, I mean, gambling wise, I had a really good NFL. I had a really good NFL week. Came uh, very close to hitting a wild card parlay that would have won me a lot of money. Um, but I did get, I did a little behind the scenes here. Monday late afternoon, I texted Rob. I said, bet the under in Tampa and Dallas and thank me when it hits. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, because I knew Brett Maher was going to miss four extra points. So <laughs> <laughs> you saw into the future. I, I, I knew he, I knew Brett Maher was going to miss four extra points. So that was, I, I tell you, I felt good about it the whole way until Tampa got a couple of scores there in the fourth. It's like oh, we're, and then freaking uh, Evans dropped that pass. It was only like a minute fifty left. He dropped that would have been a touchdown. Would have given him the over. Mm. Uh, I actually got it at forty six and a half. Rob, I think he got it at forty five and a half. Yeah, it was like forty five um, and a half by time kickoff. Yeah, so I, I the you know you know every, book to book mm-hmm. lines can vary a little bit. Um, I ended up getting it forty six and a half. So. Little more in the clear. Uh, Maher could have made one extra point and still hit it for me, but Brett Maher not making extra points, uh, did a lot of us a lot of good. Uh, those of us who bet the under at least, so yeah, that but it was a good gambling weekend, and I'm very excited for the divisional round because I didn't get to bet this round last year because I had COVID, so now, now we're back, and I'm excited to, I'm excited to bet some of these games in the divisional round. Yeah, it was a good super duper wild card. Um, was at a bowling galley and I was looking at the Dolphins and Bills game. Great matchup, great um effort by Miami Dolphins. I mean, they they fought in that game and the Giants and the Vikings, I think we talked about like it was gonna be close, but it was gonna be a competitive game because those two teams matched up earlier in the season and decided by a field goal. And Daniel Jones looked good. Look, look pretty good. The uh, man, I tell you, I felt uh, felt so good. I mean, the shooter was my best bet. Of course, I felt good. I felt really good about that Giants game. I felt re- I felt so good about that Giants game. So, Vikings got proved to be the frauds that they are. Now we get to watch Daniel Jones in the divisional round. So there's no real winners in that scenario. Um, we have to watch the Dallas Cowboys too, Rob. If I, I don't I don't like watching Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about them more later, but. I tell you, these AFC quarterback matchups, man, the first game of the weekend, Kansas City and Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence and Patrick Mahomes. If you take away Trevor Lawrence's first half on Saturday, take away his first half, he's statistically been the best quarterback for the last two months. Yeah. Outside of that first half against the Chargers, he's statistically been the best quarterback. I don't think quite enough people realize that. Nine-point underdogs going to KC – Rob, what do you is there? What do you like in this game? Fun, uh, funny story. So Saturday, um, <clears throat> I I went to the L.A. Chargers um, 
fan club watch party. Uh, my homeboy, he's a Chargers fan, so he has a, a group called Botup uh, H Town. So uh, it's a bunch of Chargers fans in there. So we go to their home, their home base, uh, local bar here in Houston called Electric Feel Good. The first half was electric. Everybody was jumping around. Guys were ripping the flags off the wall, putting it on themselves. One dude called himself Supercharger Boy, act like he was a Superman. Um, uh, yeah, they deserve to lose just on that alone. <laughs> Grown man going out there calling himself Supercharger Boy. That's not. I don't know how I feel about that. But that second half, Gabe, it was quiet. You could hear a pin drop in there. Um, they knew it. I think deep down, I knew it was just too good to be true. But now let's fast forward to Waffle House King Trevor Lawrence. Um, how I feel about this game, honestly, I think it is going to, you know, put the Jaguars like on a, hey, can you guys do this again? You guys can't get down 27 to 7 against the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, I just don't see them coming back like that. Trevor Lawrence has to play a better first half. That was a horrible first half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Four interceptions, three of them to Asante Samuel Jr.? It was a rough, rough start, but like you said, you take that first half away, he's played great football in the last two months, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough going into Arrowhead. It's not even called Arrowhead Stadium anymore, but it's going to be tough going into that that stadium and try to play well with the Chiefs fans there. They're all rowdy, and the Chiefs been here before, the experience. It's going to be a tough game. Nine points tells you, like, hey, this isn't going to be easy. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're gonna have to earn. You're gonna have to earn this spot. So um, I think it's gonna be tough, Gabe. Yeah, and actually, these two teams played November 13th, so just uh, you know, j- just over two months ago. Kansas City won by 10, 27-17. Now there was a garbage time touchdown in there. It was 27-10. Scores a little more lopsided there. Jacksonville just does of the AFC playoff teams, you know, which one of these is not like the others. Jacksonville does not belong in the same conversation as Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. I think there's a gap in talent there, gap in a lot of things. Then they got to go on the road. And again, Jacksonville, last time they played a good complete football game was what three, four weeks ago when they played Houston. Even against Tennessee, they didn't play all that well, but escaped with the win. The Chargers got off that horrible start. I think there's an emotional, there was an emotional outpouring from Jacksonville in that opening playoff game. They've kind of accomplished everything they could reasonably accomplish this season. You win a division. You actually won a playoff game. You had that big. The season is now a success. The Chiefs' goals are much bigger. Nine is a lot of points, but if I'm picking a side here, I'd pick Kansas City minus the nine. Um, I think this is – there's going to be a gap in class between these two teams. Andy Reid off a of bye is notoriously great. If I'm picking a side, I'd probably stay away from this game overall. I think there's a prop here that you like somewhere. Um, but I like uh, – if I were to pick a side, I'd take Kansas City minus the nine. I think there's a pretty big gap between these two teams. Yeah, and I, I probably also look at the total. I probably look at the under, 52 and a half, as of it is, as we're recording this on a Thursday, January 19th. 
I, I probably look at 52 and a half. I like the under. I just think a tough nose uh, ball game. I don't think, you know, Trevor can just throw all around his defense. I mean, I'm pretty sure Chris Jones is going to be on his tail. Uh, Willie Gay is going to be on his tail. So it's, it's going to be a lot of guys after him. And I, I just don't think he can have his way. I, I'll probably look at the total because it's just, it's tough to, just tough to imagine Jacksonville having that same success at home like they did against the L.A. Chargers. I just don't see it, man. 52 and a half is probably why I'm looking for the under. I, I like your side play, but you know how we always say we can't yeah. agree with each other. <laughs> yeah, well, I will say this for your under. Uh, kickoff in Kansas City on uh, on Saturday. It's supposed to be 37 degrees, some rain, maybe even some snow in the forecast over there with a Florida team going up and playing in that doesn't exactly scream high-scoring game to me. And I think a lot of people, man, Trevor Lawrence is really good. We obviously know what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are. They're the highest-scoring offense in the league this year. Uh Oh, there's going to be points on the board. I think the Chiefs kind of take the air out of this one. Very few possessions. Chiefs be efficient on offense. You know, 10, 12 play drives. Take the air out of the football. I like your underplay there actually quite a bit. um, I think I might like that more than my side play there. But if I were – but it's uh, yeah. If I'm picking a side, it's Kansas City minus a nine. But I love your under there, under 52 and a half. This Saturday night, a battle in the Northeast. Rob's patron saint, Jalen Hurts, his first home playoff game, a seven and a half point favorite against the frisky New York Giants, and who some people are calling an elite quarterback. Nobody on this show, but some people are calling an elite quarterback, Daniel Jones. Philly, a seven and a half point favorite. Um, Rob, we're both on the Giants here. We both like the Giants with seven and a half. I'm shocked because I know how much you love Jalen Hurts. You got the shrine to him right behind the computer you're sitting in front of. Uh, tell us why you like the Giants with seven and a half. I like the number. I, I think the number speaks for itself. Um, you know, the Giants aren't they aren't that bad on the defensive side. Offense has come a long way. Saquon Barkley had a an amazing game against the Minnesota Vikings last week in the Super Duper Wild Card. Um, Daniel Jones, you know, they of course these two teams are division rivalries. They have played each other twice uh, this season, and they just played Week 18, where Jalen had to come off the injury bus to set, to get this team into the number one seed. Uh, for the for the playoffs, so like I said, sixteen to twenty-two Giants with the well, they they cover. Yeah, they covered. It was set because it was a backup, and it was uh, it wasn't the Tyrod Taylor show. It was the Davis <laughs> Webb show, and so I mean, you 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 can't really put too much into that battle. But let's get to a serious battle. This was in earlier in the season when the the Eagles put up forty-eight points. To Giants 22. It was 48-22. Jalen had a uh, – we don't really curse on his podcast. But he had a hell of a game. I mean, he, he balled out. But I just think the Giants are in full strength, sort of. Don't have Sterling Shepard. But they have Slayton throwing uh, blocks out there. You got Kenny Galladay really active on the offensive side. Got a shout-out from Coach Dayball about the block he threw for Saquon Barkley. Hey, third time's a charm. I like the number. I still think the Eagles win the game, but if we're just – we bet numbers, you know. Yeah. You you bet numbers. You don't bet teams. Uh, so I bet at the number on here, seven and a half with the Giants. 
I don't think they can outright win this because Philly is so hungry and they're they're so like this season has to go well. Like I think it's a disappointment if you get knocked out of the divisional round for Philly. Well, especially after being the one seed. We talked about this last week quite a bit because we had a couple of divisional matchups, teams playing each other for a third time. Both divisional underdogs went on the road, covered the spread. Baltimore with their backup quarterback covered in Cincinnati actually came very close to winning that game. And then uh, Miami, you talk about, I mean, a shocker of the weekend. Miami covered 13 and a half. They damn near won that game up in Buffalo. You know, Giants going up against them for a third time. And again, how confident are the Giants right now? The Eagles had everything to play for week 18. And the Giants played all their backups, didn't play, didn't play any of their big time guys. They lost 22-16. They only lost by six. Um, coming in, and also look at the Eagles. Since their de- December 11th game against the Giants, they played really well offensively. I mean, 48 points speaks for itself. Since then, Jalen Hurts had a 25-20 win over the Bears. Then Gardner Minshew played against the Dallas. They put up 34 points, but that was partly because of some Dallas turnovers leading to Philly points. They lost 20-10 to to the Saints. Hurts comes back, doesn't look great against the Giants, only puts up 22 points. The Eagles haven't played good football in over a month, and the Giants have that confidence. They know this Philly team really well. The Giants have a really good run-stuffing defensive line. And are we sure Jalen Hurts is healthy? He did not look – I mean, if if we're talking about Jalen Hurts, the one we saw in, you know, September and October, then sure, you know, seven and a half, maybe the Eagles do cover that. The Jalen Hurts we've seen lately, the one we saw two weeks ago in week 18 – he doesn't look right. Are we sure he's healthy? He doesn't look very healthy. The Eagles have been very injured. They're getting more injured across that defensive line. And the Giants seem to have a formula to play. And Philadelphia, their secondary is all banged up right now, too. They've they've lost safeties. They've lost corners. They've lost pass rushers. They're not as good against the pass as they once were. I'm with, I'm with you here, seven and a half. It feels like a lot as a team you're playing each other for the third time. Philly got the first two. Hard to beat a good team three times. I like the Giants plus a seven and a half here. We saw it twice, divisional games last week. Oh, Miami's not nearly as good as Buffalo. Oh, Baltimore without their without Lamar. They can't compete with Cincinnati. Both those games went right down to the wire. Wouldn't shock me if this one came down to the wire at all. I like the Giants to keep this within a score. Uh, give me the Giants plus seven and a half on the road in a – divisional I mean divisional road game over a touchdown two playoff teams it feels like too big of a number yeah yeah same here and um I don't really have any I don't really feel the totals in this game I think it's at 48 and a half I don't really feel that according to a sports book we use a lot uh according to, according to provider but uh but uh I don't I don't really feel the totals but the number seven and a half that's a that's a great number to get if you want to jump on the Giants, that's a that's a tremendous number. I mean, yeah, and especially, I mean, if it goes from seven and a half to eight, it doesn't help you all that much. But if it goes from seven and a half to seven, I think that does hurt you quite a bit, put you uh-huh. in real push territory right there. Yeah. I think seven and a half. If you now, I mean, if you like Philadelphia, if you think Philly's gonna blow them out, then maybe wait, see if you can go get this at a seven. Uh-huh. Um, because I think if it goes to eight. If you're trying to bet Philly seven and a half to eight doesn't hurt you very much. But if you're on the Giants side, I say grab it seven and a half. I'm not sure how much an eight really helps you there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Next battle. Uh wow. Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to Sunday now. Yeah. Uh Cincinnati Bengals is facing the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are favored 
minus five and a half as of right now. So we're recording this on Thursday. Um, this is this is whew, this is a great battle. It's kind of one that you know that Cincinnati had a tough. You know, we we talk about the last year playoff run. They had a tough battle going to Kansas City, or excuse me, going to Tennessee, beating Tennessee, going to Kansas City, and beating Kansas City at Arrowhead, even though it's not called Arrowhead anymore. But uh, going up there and beating those two teams on the road, now you're back against the well. Now you kind of back on it. Now you're playing Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, and um, it's gonna be a t- tough battle, even though I. You know, I think we both agree on the, the, the number. But um, Buffalo looked look good in the first quarter, fell asleep at the second quarter, made some Boy, terrible Steph fell asleep. Josh Allen can't stop turning the ball over. Yeah, that's who I was getting to that. He can't even he fall asleep. He can't stop turning the ball over. He's giving it to the other team. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's why. That's why. Like, it's. I was just like Cincinnati in a number. I think Cincinnati wins this game. And honestly, I think Cincinnati kicks Buffalo's ass. I think Cincinnati goes and wins this game by 10. I think it's a double-digit game to Cincinnati. Buffalo can't stop turning the ball over. And and it's like, oh, Cincinnati's losing offensive linemen, and that's big. Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams, Lyle Collins, down three starting offensive linemen. I'm not saying that's not big. But as long as Buffalo's offensive line is very good. And what are we talking about all offseason with Buffalo? Oh, what's the missing piece? What's the missing piece? It's Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller's missing piece. Well, he's out. You notice that Buffalo pass rush? You notice how much time Skylar Thompson had to throw back there? It's not like Miami's got the world's greatest offensive line. What's Joe Burrow going to do to that secondary? Buffalo, I mean, when these two teams played in the, I guess what you would now call the DeMar Hamlin game, Mm -hmm. Cincinnati was at home, and they were, I believe, a two, two two-and-a-half-point underdog. Mm -hmm. I like Cincinnati in that game. And you saw even at the start of that game, his first couple of drives, Cincinnati was just going to go up and down the field. Buffalo had no answer for him. And now what's Cincinnati? They don't have these big names on defense. We talked about it ahead of the Super Bowl. Guys like Logan Wilson, Jesse Bates, really good in coverage. Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard can get after the pass rusher, can create pressure. DJ Reader has been a good run stopper. They rely on Josh Allen to do so much. Buffalo can't run the football. Josh Allen's a turnover machine. And Cincinnati's a very opportunistic defense. And I think everyone watching against Baltimore, oh, they didn't look great against Baltimore. Baltimore might be the best defense in the league right up there with San Francisco. Rob, this is a game I feel most strongly about. I don't just like Cincinnati plus five and a half. I like Cincinnati to win and win comfortably. I like the number five and a half. I I, I think in some way, some fashion, something might happen. But but I I agree with you, though. I I just think we don't really touch on NBA really on on here, but – Buffalo kind of reminds me of Dallas Mavericks. Like, if Luka has to do everything for that team, they can go far. But once Luka Doncic can't do everything for the Dallas Mavericks, they suffer. And I think that's what Josh Allen is doing. Like, he has to do – like you said, he has to run the ball. He has to pass it accurately. Like, he has to do so much for the offense to really gel and to go. It's just and, too and much on the show. Right now, he's so turnover prone. Yeah, that's I mean, it's not just interceptions. He's putting the ball on the ground, too. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Buffalo's offensive line is great in pass protection. A lot of talk has been about the Cincinnati offensive line. Well, Joe Burrow's dealt with the bad offensive line the first two years of his career. He dealt with it last year and got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. He, yeah. he dealt with that last year and got to the Super Bowl. And in Cincinnati, they've been, you know, and they have a light, a right to feel a little bit slighted. If Buffalo wins this game and, and Kansas City wins, AFC Championship's going to be on a neutral site. 
well, wait a second. If Cincinnati would have won that DeMar Hamlin game, they would be hosting Buffalo this week. Mm-hmm. Why isn't this by a neutral side? Buffalo's or not Buffalo. Cincinnati's a little salty right now. I think we're all believing Buffalo's this team of destiny or whatever, whatever. They're a flawed football team. Buffalo is a flawed football team, but everybody all season has told us Buffalo Super Bowl favorites. And I think that's what we're seeing in the line here. I think Vegas is way overvaluing the Bills right now. I, like I said, I don't just like Cincinnati plus a five and a half. I don't even like just Cincinnati to win. I like Cincinnati to win by double digits. I think they handle Buffalo. So you're saying put money on five and a half and sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Oh, I'm I'm going I'm going on the money line. Oh, oh wow. I'm going money line. And the same thing I did with Minnesota and Jacksonville last week. Now the Jacksonville didn't feel great about that after a half. The or I guess the, the Giants in Jacksonville. I mean, yeah. Giants talking about that the whole way. Mm-hmm. No, I'm in the playoffs. I like picking winners. I got my bracket right here. The only game I got wrong last week was Dallas and Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You see, you can see my bracket right there if you read my chicken scratch handwriting. You see right right over here, we got Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game against Kansas City. We got – I, I like uh, – like I said, I really like Cincy. I think Buffalo is very overvalued. And we talked about it last week a little bit too. Mm-hmm. The one thing that's being lost is – remember, DeMar Hamlin was in the game as a backup because a starter in front of him got hurt. And now Hamlin's hurt. Tredavious White's coming back off the of injury. They're playing a bunch of rookies at corner. This is a banged-up Buffalo secondary going up against Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, with Joe Burrow throwing on the football. This is a bad matchup for the Bills, and I think the Bengals are getting ready to roll over Buffalo and ruin everybody's preseason Super Bowl pick. Yeah, uh, that's including mine. But, uh, yeah, we both are on Cincinnati uh, plus five. And if you throw the money line, money line means you just want that team to win. It doesn't matter what the score is. doesn't matter how much they win by. That's what the money line is. You throw that on there, and you just want that team to win. So you do that for the Cincinnati Bengals right now, currently, they're plus 210. So meaning you put $100 on it, you can win $210 back. In total, you'll win 310 bucks. That's what they mean. I like uh, – so, I mean, I, I mean the five-and-a-half things – if you like Cincinnati, that's a great number to get, five-and-a-half. You know, if Josh Allen puts on a Superman cape, leads a couple drives late to win the football game. And five-and-a-half, it feels like way too big of a number for me. It feels, it feels like such a big number. And we're all looking like, oh, that offensive line, it looked terrible in this Baltimore. Baltimore is up there with San Francisco as the best defense in the league. Buffalo's not – Buffalo is not that level of defense. And then we're, we're overlooking the fact that Skyler Thompson put up 31 points on that Buffalo defense and Josh Allen put the ball in harm's way five times. What – I mean, again, I we're way overvaluing Buffalo and we're kind of – we're we're seeing in Cincinnati, we're seeing all their flaws, and we're just not looking at Buffalo's. We're acting like Buffalo is not a flawed football team when they've shown us the last three months that they all I, yeah. I feel if you can't tell, I feel very strongly about this football game. <laughs> yeah. I, this is this is the game I feel most strongly about this weekend is I like Cincinnati to beat Buffalo. I, I, I love Cincinnati to beat Buffalo. Well, Gabe, let's go to the West Coast. Uh, Dallas Cowboys takes on the San Francisco 49ers at home. 
the 49ers are getting minus four currently as we speak. Um, San Francisco, hey, first half. Hey, so before you get before, before you list both rosters, mm-hmm. I like the mess with Rob. Um, when you saw that line come out, what was or when you saw that line for the first time, what was your reaction? Because I, I was very after the Cowboy game on Monday night. Yeah, I was so I was guessing it'd be four, four and a half. But I was like, man, if you told me this was two and a half, I'd believe you. Like San Francisco, because San Francisco is going to be the favorite. Like if you told me San Francisco was favored by two and a half, I believe you. But if you told me they were favored by six, I believe you too. So like I like I was very curious to see what this line would be, and I think it opened up at four and a half or three and a half. It's at four now. I, I think four and a half is what I thought it would open at. What was your reaction when you saw the line for the first time? I, I mean, for the first time, I was like, okay. I think that was acceptable. I, I didn't, you know, the, the the win over Tampa Bay. We talked about this all year. Tampa Bay hasn't played good football all year. Yeah. They won the NFC South with the under 500 record. So, like, I didn't <laughs> – they were the public darling for yeah. probably everybody in the United States that better. They were well, very, I mean, we talked about it last week. We were both kind of scared because it's like it feels like everybody's on Tampa on, Bay. On Tampa Bay. And normally how that goes, people who are new to this business or new to this industry, when everybody goes this way, you go that way. Because that's most likely what's going to happen. Like the opposite of what everybody's thinking, it's going to hit. And I just think this line at minus four, I thought it was acceptable. I didn't. You, I didn't. You, you, that's okay. Yeah. I was because I was like because I was thinking about it, like at the end of that Tampa Bay Dallas game, like what I thought San Francisco Dallas would open up at. And I was like, man, is Dallas? You know, part of it's you know they're the Cowboys. Are they going to get a boost with this performance? Or we? Or are they going to? You know, are people going to recognize? Hey, Tampa Bay was a mediocre to bad football team all year and Dallas who's you know pretty indisputably a good football team did what they were supposed to do now it looked impressive I mean I'll take anything away they looked outside of Mar missing a bunch of extra points they did about everything right yeah um so not take anything away from it but I was just curious as to what the line would open at so that that's why I just wanted to ask you that's something I was really thinking about yeah yeah that's a good question great question uh, but this game, before I list rosters, now, but San Francisco, um, it was kind of unexpected. I was on uh, Seattle first half at, uh, I think it was plus six and a half. I teased it up to seven and a half uh, personally. But um, Gino played good football um, first half. But then, hey, San Francisco woke up in the second half. And Brock Purdy, man, is is a special Quarterback. Now, a lot of people were talking about Jalen. Is he good or is it the system? I think for Brock Purdy, it's the system. Put him in something else, you're going to see Mr. Irrelevant. But in this offense. You already know how I feel about Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, yeah. I I know your love for for Kyle Shanahan. He's, you know, probably. How I joke that. Jalen Hurts is a patron saint of Rob. Kyle Shanahan's a patron saint of games. But um, this game particular, uh, the rematch of the 1992 NFC Championship. Hey, rematch of last year's wild card round. Oh, yeah. When, da- when Dak yeah. did the QB draw. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was I, – I had COVID at the time, and that was just yeah. a fantastic moment for I me. I forgot about that game. Wow. Oh, I, 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 I have it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm not really too much on the side of this game because it's just 
I don't know. Maybe I'm waiting for numbers to go down. Maybe more money come in on Dallas. Maybe people believe in Dallas. Well, here, but, I mean, you say that with Dallas. San Francisco, look when San Francisco goes on the road and how much red there is in the stands. Oh, we yeah. talk about Dallas being a real popular team yeah. and their fan base is, you know, super loud and boisterous. Yeah. And this term is so – it's gotten so politicized. But what the 49ers fan base is really is a silent majority because mm-hmm. they're not the loudest fan base. They're not the most in-your-face fan base. But, boy, there's a lot of them. Yeah. There's yeah, a, I is. mean, Judy, where I live out here, I mean, there's a lot of Cowboy fans everywhere. Mm-hmm. Rob, you go west of Texas, there's a lot of 49er fans. Yeah. You go where I am, there's a lot of 49er fans. You go to Denver, there's a lot of 49er fans. You go to Arizona, a lot of 49er fans. California, all 49er fans. One of my best friends, uh, friend of the show, Trey Peckall, one of my best friends, he lives out in Walnut Creek in the Bay Area. Oh, he, he says when Niners have a big game, they don't even show up to church on Sunday. Church is like 20% full because everyone's getting ready for the Niner game. It's uh, the Niners have a massive, massive fan base. So I wouldn't even count on like the public action in this game because, yeah, the Cowboys are a huge brand, but so is San Francisco. So there's going to be public action on both sides coming in here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not too much on the line or, or spread, whatever lingo word you use. Um, I'm not too much on that. I'm probably focusing on the totals. I just think it's going to be a, going to be a, um, Hard nose for for game. I just think both teams coming in and and Dallas did what you know they did to Tampa Bay. I don't know if they can do the same thing against this tough 49ers defense, man. So I think so, it's gonna be an under game. So I I like San Francisco minus the four for a few reasons. One, they have two and a half days more rest and more time to prepare than Dallas does. Dallas, with the way the scheduling worked out, got screwed. Yeah. And they've kind of talked about it a little bit, and they have they have a legitimate gripe there. They got screwed by the scheduling. Also, what has Dallas been, not just this year, the last 20 years, our lifetime basically as football fans, Rob, and probably a lot of people listen to the show, their lifetime as football fans. What have the Cowboys been? They've been front runners. When it's going well, it's going well. But the Cowboys have never been a very tough football team. Well, what are the San Francisco 49ers, if not supremely tough? Even their receivers, their skill position guys, what are they good at? Yards after contact. Mm-hmm. They break tackles. What is their what what strength of their team? Defensive line. They come after you. And what what did San Francisco do to Dallas last year in the playoffs in Dallas? They pushed them around. Yeah. They took the field first, you know, two and a half quarters, just bullied Dallas, pushed them up and down the field. Dallas's offensive line started looking against Tampa, but they're up against different beasts in the San Francisco offensive line this week. Dallas, what I worry about with Dallas, where'd Seattle take advantage? They moved the ball in the first half. Well, they got DK Metcalf on one side and they got Tyler Lockett on the other. Dallas has CD Lamb on one side. And Noah Brown on the other, T.Y. Hilton. They don't – I mean, San Francisco has one really good corner in Charvarius Ward. And Lenore's a little bit of a liability on the other side. Well, who does Dallas have that's going to expose the Amador Lenore? Dallas hasn't been able to run the football well in recent weeks. San Francisco's the best run defense in the NFL. They get after you. Their linebackers are fast. I think it's a bad matchup for Dallas. They had to go <laughs> – Halfway across the country to Tampa last week. Now they got to go halfway the other way across the country to face San Francisco this week. Two and a half days less preparation. 
a very tough football team versus a more finesse football team going on the road. This see, I mean, I I do think eventually Brock Purdy is going to have a little bit of humble pie. I don't think that maybe he's Kurt Warner. Maybe he's just the dude that got, that got overlooked by everybody, got put in a really good situation and elevated it into a great team. And we're going to remember this Niners team is all time great. Maybe Brock Purdy's Kurt Warner. I don't think he is. I think at some point he tastes his humble pie. Some people think that's going to be this week against Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence in that defense. I don't see it happening this week. I like San Francisco to – I remember last year, the only reason why Dallas got back into the game, Jimmy G started throwing the, throwing the ball to the other team. Brock Purdy hasn't been turning the ball over. San Francisco's got so many weapons everywhere. I think they're the most talented roster top to bottom in the NFL. It feels like Dallas, with all the things working against them, a little overmatched here. I like San, I know it's more than a field goal, but, man, San Francisco looks like a buzzsaw right now. Only other team I've used that for this year was Georgia in college football. I like uh, I like San Francisco minus the four. It's it's tough. It's just tough. It's real tough on this one. I that's that's the one I probably just stay away and just like enjoy. But if I had if I had something, if I was in this room, as one of my talent cappers always says, yeah. if I was in this room, I probably look at the 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 total. I think the total speaks out to me. You know, like you said, the running. What game, is the total? Uh, the total as it is currently is 46 and a half. I mean, shoot, Brock Purdy, since he's been <laughs> taking over the starter, he's they're putting, I mean, San Francisco's putting up 35 points a game. That's, uh, I mean, 40, I, ugh, that feels low for an offense. That's, and I think the only way Dallas stays in this football game, it ain't going to be a defensive battle. Dak and that offense are going to have to score because that, again, I mean, the only game Brock Perry didn't play well was that Thursday night game in Seattle where they were saying, the, you know, he had like cracked ribs. He could barely, you know, barely really move. Other than that game, San Francisco has been a machine on offense and yeah. Dallas. I mean, their defense is not, I mean, they're fine, but they're not some elite defensive unit. It, uh, that out. Do you like the under? Yeah, I like I'm leaning no. towards the under. Why do you like the under? Because to me, it feels low given what Purdy and that offense have shown they can do. Yeah, and and you mentioned Purdy, and I I, I looked at the, the the stats, and I mean, they scored thirty plus points. And I think it's like thirty four or thirty five. Yeah, like, that's what they're averaging per game. Per game, and they, and they scored forty last week in the playoff game. So it's like, oh, playoff football. Well, he scored forty. So. I, I just think things are going to slow down. Like you mentioned, Michael Parsons and Lawrence on that defensive side. Now, the, the secondary of Dallas is not nothing to write of home about. But but it did put a halt into Tom Brady in the first half and a little bit of the second half. But that's neither here nor there. But I just think the defenses of both, both teams are going to come to play. I don't really think you're going to get an explosive offensive game in this okay. in this type of atmosphere. I just don't see it. I think it's that old cowboy. Maybe I'm stuck in 1992 yet. But maybe it's that old battle of, of the Troy Eggmans and the Steve Youngs that I'm seeing in my head with this battle with Dak and Brock Purdy. I don't really see too much offense going on. In this Man, so here's – you know what this game – you know what the vibe I get from this game is? Go back uh, four years ago. When that Rams team with Gurley and Golf oh, and the Red, all the receivers, when they played Dallas in the divisional round, 
that's what this game reminds me of, where Dallas is just a little – they're a little outmanned. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like at every spot – like, okay, you can say Dak's a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. You know, mm-hmm. Purdy's only played seven – now he's played spectacularly, but he's only played seven games. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco's better at running back. San Francisco's better at wide receiver. San Francisco's better at tight end. They're better on the offensive line. They're better on the defensive line. They're better at linebacker. They're better in the secondary. They have better special teams. Like, I feel like San Francisco just has the advantage everywhere. They got Kyle Shanahan, to me, is a significantly better coach than Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, huh? Um, I just don't see where Dallas's advantage is. And that's what it reminds me of the Rams several years ago. Okay, you can say Dak's a better QB than Goff at that time. Fine. But you go down the board and everything else, it just felt like the Rams had the advantage. That's what this game reminds me of. And I'm going to pull that up right now. Uh, 2018 Dallas versus L.A. Rams playoffs. And I think the Rams won by like 10 points. I mean, they really dominated the game. Uh, Rams won 30 to 22. I mean, the Ram, I remember, you remember that game. Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson both ran for over 100 yards. And then Gurley yeah. fell off the face of the earth after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that that's kind of what this game reminds me of is I just feel like the Rams have the advantage everywhere. And I think in order for Dallas to win, Dak is going to need to have some Herculean effort. But Dak's never been that quarterback who gives you – He's not going to carry you to victories. He won't be. He's not going to be the reason you lose. He can give you a final drive late, but he ain't going to carry you throughout the game. I think that's Dallas's only path to victory. And they're kicking. They're kicking. Uh, well, I mean, I mentioned like San Francisco has a special teams advantage. Robbie Gold has never missed a kick in the playoffs. Nope. Now, yeah, he's never missed a kick in the playoffs. Brett Mars misses last five extra points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, it was at a point where Dak was like, "Just go for two. But um, yeah, it was um, yeah, that that like I said, I think the Sunday card is better to me. I think the Sunday card is better than the Saturday card. Oh, I mean Dallas and San Francisco. You got two of the premier brands in the NFL, Mm -hmm. and since the Buffalo, I mean Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, easily the most intriguing quarterback matchup, and. I mean, I think I wasn't the only one, you know, three, four weeks ago, so excited for that Monday night game. And, of course, the more Hamlin situation happens. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, Hamlin's out of the hospital. He's doing well. We, mm-hmm. It feels like in the football community we've – I don't want to use the two term move past it because it's like we've forgotten about it and that's not the case. But it's like we, we're, we're, all, we're back to football now. Yeah. We're back to, we're, we're back to football. And so that's – I think there's so much intrigue about that game because we ne- – we thought we were going to see it play out three weeks ago, four weeks ago, mm-hmm. but we didn't, and now we get to see it. So it's that Sunday. That Sunday card is, uh, oh, it's unreal. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I can't, I can't. I mean, all the games. Even what if Trevor Lawrence is just the next great quarterback? I mean, what, what if what if Jacksonville is Cincinnati of last season? Yeah. Well, I mean, what if Lawrence is the next great quarterback and just goes toe? Even if Jacksonville doesn't win, what if Lawrence just goes toe to toe with Mahomes? And they, it's a heavyweight fight, and those two go back. And Jacksonville's not a great coach from Doug Peterson. Like, what if they just go back and forth? What if the Giants, third time, against a divisional opponent? You know, the Eagles are 14-3 and three this year. They've been the best team in the NFC all year. Right in 2008, the Dallas Cowboys were 14-2 and two and were the best team in the NFC all year. Yep. But they had to play the Giants for a third time. Yep. And the Giants went and, you know, beat them in Dallas in the divisional round. 
Uh, I remember that. I was in sixth grade. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, what if that? What if history repeats itself? That it's every matchup has its own level of intrigue. So this, I mean, I think the divisional weekend is one of the very best weekends in sports every year. It's it's always one of the very best weekends in sports because you're getting the eight, bet, presumably the eight best teams in the NFL. I don't know if I put the Giants or Jacksonville up there, but six of the eight best teams in the NFL go at it. Let's go. So you should get four really good football games. We got a UFC card this weekend and a light heavyweight championship over to Sheriff's Anthony Hill. No, that's right. I, I'm trying. I produced that show. I'm sorry. Flyweight championship for the fourth time. Davidson Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Premier League, Mike Gunners, Arsenal, top of the league playing Manchester United this weekend. Great sports weekend on tap. I'm excited. Uh, if you're wanting fans, what I was looking forward to. Just uh, John Wall, just people talking about how they were with the Rockets. That's that's pretty much what I I've been treated. Now, but it's great college basketball. Uh, UH Cougs, number one team in the country. Uh, but uh, just a real fast recap. Uh, Gabe's uh, pick is New York Giants plus seven and a half at Philly. Mine is Cincinnati uh, plus five and a half versus Buffalo. At well, at Buffalo, excuse me. And then um, uh, live dog for Gabe is Cincinnati plus five and a half at Buffalo. My uh, live dog is New York Giants seven plus, <laughs> plus seven and a half at Philly. And um, his best bet is San Francisco minus four uh, versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, my best pick is Jacksonville, Kansas City under now 52 and a half. More money is coming in on the under. So people knocked it back down to 52 and a half. So people are thinking, I'm thinking, I guess. Well, um, I, mean, I mean, I think that weather is going to play a factor. It's going to be in the mid-30s at kickoff, rain, possibly some snow in the in the forecast there. Doesn't doesn't exactly scream 3127. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that game doesn't scream. Like, but it, like you said, it, it could, like, is Jacksonville the real deal? They got the talent. They went out and spun the – do I got to name a roster? They went out and spun the money on Christian Kirk, even though me and you said, what? He getting that much? I don't really – it, gonna... It's kind of worked out. And it's kind of worked out for him. Devin Ingram. Yeah. Right. And he, I'm a guy who was a – was he a top 10 pick? I don't know top 10, but I know he was a first rounder. He first pick. rounder. Yeah, he was first he was rounder. He first sure. rounder, and it was like, man, he can really catch the ball at the tight end. But he goes to a bad situation, doesn't get utilized well. Well, now he goes to Jacksonville, and all of a sudden, oh, man, this Evan Ingram guy is really good. Yeah. Turns out when you're six foot five and run a four four forty, you you can catch the ball. Yeah. And then yeah, Zay Jones, you can catch the ball. You know you can be productive. Zay Jones was a journeyman. Buffalo, Oakland, jo- Marvin, Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones too as well. And then they got, I mean, they got, I mean, Travis Etienne coming out of the backfield, who was again first round pick from a couple of years ago, got hurt in training camp. He didn't mm-hmm. really get to have a rookie year this season. I mean, I, I said, is Travis Etienne? Where is he in the hierarchy of NFL running backs right now? There's some personnel on the Jacksonville offense. Offensive line is not bad. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl-level coach. Not a complete team yet. I mean, there's a reason why they're 9-8. There's a reason why they're not 27 nothing to the Chargers. But there's pieces to work with with Jacksonville. And, again, Trevor Lawrence, he, again, what was he coming out of high school? Best quarterback prospect ever. We talk about, like, Arch Manning right now. That was Trevor Lawrence, what, six years ago, five, six yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. What was he coming into the NFL draft? Best prospects in Sluck. Then he has Urban Meyer in a disastrous rookie season because he had no support around him. 
Well, now you give them a legitimate coach. You give them a couple of weapons. You give them a stable structure. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, last two months, this guy's been statistically the best quarterback in football. Is he the next great? I mean, we, we know Mahomes is great. Josh Allen has shown he can be great. Joe Burrow showed last year how great he is and shown this year how great he is. Justin Herbert, we've seen it. Is Trevor Lawrence that next? Is he the the next guy? And at every stage of his career, he has been. And he again, the Jacksonville game is the first game of the weekend. It's so intriguing because it's like, do is I mean, what if he goes blow for blow with Mahomes? Like, what if he just like if we're maybe what if it is thirty to twenty seven? I don't think it's going to be. I'm with you on your under. I think Jack and I, I said in and when we were going through the games. I think there's a talent gap, and I think Jacksonville's going to be outclassed in this game. Yes. And I, and that's also why I like the under, because Kansas City, Andy Reid, he gets a lead. They're going to start taking the air out of that football. And Kansas City, this team, with Pacheco and McKinnon, they can run the football yeah. behind that offensive line. So I mean, just four intriguing games. Four intriguing games that you guys should be tuned into. Uh, that is the Gambler Shack. I am Robert Harris, Jr., uh, you follow me on Twitter at Robo Hair Jr. My main man, Gabe Myers, G underscore Myers, M Y E R S 33 on Twitter. Uh, we will post these pics and uh, hope you guys will have a good time watching these enjoyable games. It's been a good playoffs, it's been a great, great playoffs. So yeah, we're gonna have a fun wild card weekend, so this is this should be a really fun divisional round. So, people always remember three things in this business manage your bankroll, bet responsibly, and um. Uh, you can't win them all, but uh, have have a good time. You know, happy betting, happy betting. <laughs>